Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 146. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky and also Jenna. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Jinx. Welcome back you for another week. Oh, hopefully Ryan does. I don't want to owe you a coffee. No, it was Ryan there you who go. said hello at the Perfect. same time. Perfect. I got you a coffee. At least it's Thank better you. than owing somebody a Coke. I mean, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> what kind of Coke are they yeah, even talking a, that's about? That's a subjective term. That can, a Coke, not that some can, Coke. That can be very quickly an expensive <laughs> proposition. Yeah, well, sometimes you just got to get stuff done. So uh, moving into drinks, Ryan has a lovely bottle of bottled water. However, you didn't cover how you liked the Hefeweizen on mm. the last episode. So how did you like the well, Poliner? Well, they've been brewing that since 1649, so there's a damn good reason. It's uh-huh. really, really good. Or, sorry, 1634. Uh, it's drinking. really good. It's super duper good. Yeah, I'm drinking water from my Minnesota Nice cup. It's a really cute it's Beaver. got an otter on otter? it. Yeah, it's otter? Yeah, it's an otter. I can't uh, tell. Otters fishing, are adorable. Which, if you're not from Minnesota, ice fishing. 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 Ice fishing. <laughs> is, is like a staple, even if you don't like it. There's like a season opener that our governor attends. Like, it's... It's insane. It's yeah. It's a national thing. I don't. I don't think anyone at this table does it. But no. But we know about it. We know people who do. We that. are definitely very aware of ice fishing. I also grabbed an LS out of the refrigerator. Okay, so Ryan is drinking a fourth generation General Motors small block, also known as a PBR, uh, and I am currently drinking a Waconia Brewing Kolsch, which is Kulsch. pretty good. It's a crisp German style ale. I think this is one of the final beers gifted to me by Tom before he went to Florida. So Aww. if you're listening, Tom, which I assume you miss are, you, we yeah, miss you. Welcome. Uh, hopefully you come back soon. And yeah, we, we definitely miss you. So Jana it's got a lot really quieter around here. Because she thought she saw Tom and it was yeah, just I his saw, neighbor. I saw a car Aww. coming in and I was like. <gasps> it wasn't even the other cool guy who hangs out with him. <laughs> Brett's and, like some guy. Wasn't and Brett then either. I realized it was one garage over, and I went. Yeah, home. that guy's also cool. He he owns like the Minnesota Cushman presence, which okay. is interesting. But anyway, neither here nor there. Beer's good. Ryan, take the first topic away. My first topic is actually coming from the world of Japanese cars uh, with Japanese nostalgia car. I will Eric, try to find a link while you start. You the just topic. type in Japanese nostalgia car. Should be the third thing down. So uh, as we all know, uh, Carlos Ghosn has fled Japan. In the, what I like to call the Nissan Caper. Uh, if you're a fan of Carmen Sandiego, you'll understand that. And that is, uh, that <laughs> is the first, that is the first of many facets of this story as well. Yes. Um, so anyway, what he did was um, he escaped Japan because he's currently under house arrest. And mm-hmm. he's, he's been complaining like, you know, it, like I would be. Um, <laughs> And he, he's been just complaining constantly mm-hmm. how unhappy he is because he won't let him contact his wife who's outside of the country mm-hmm. uh, w- with good reason. Right. Um, and so he actually got this team of goons, Shylocks really, <laughs> that have smuggled him out of the country. And not only have they smuggled him out, like they put a bag, like put him in a bag or something, they literally put him in an upright base case. They said an instrument case. The, the only case that can fit a man. It's a string base. It's yeah. an upright base. Yeah. Yeah. So they put him inside of an upright <clears throat> base case. They carried him out. I want out. to know what context that that is normal for these people to be seen with an upright string <laughs> oh, base. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> well, I just got bukkakeed by that beer, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah. No, like, I, I'm, I'm curious as why. Well. I've got a lot of questions here. Maybe he likes to invite over a string quartet. 
What if it could be? What if this is a, like super premeditated? I do, part? but like I have to like confirm because I fit in my cello case, so Carl a Skillen. human man must be able to fit in a bass Str- case. A large, yeah. high quality string bass, you yeah. should easily be able to crouch into one yeah. of those. Yeah. So, and, and my, my cello was three quarter size. So, so this is my. Th- th- this is what I'm wondering. My first question. I've got a lot of questions here. You've so got my, a lot of questions. My first question here is. As one does. About so this. how premeditated was this? Like has Carlos Ghosn like been practicing quote unquote upright bass for like his entire, for like the last decade because he might get caught and he needed an out? Maybe. It's a great alibi. <laughs> it's a really good alibi. Because <laughs> I know like a lot of like, a lot of criminals do some stuff. I'm under house arrest. The least you could do is bring me my string bass. Like a lot of a lot of criminals are like, yeah, I'm into like I'm into like like piloting airplanes. Like not because I actually like airplanes, like in case I need to like quickly run to Cuba, I can. I feel <laughs> like this guy he pulled like his uh, his roll of tinfoil out of the kitchen yeah. cabinets, wrapped his anklet in that, and then <laughs> just crouched into this upright bass carrier with some (laughs) holes drilled in the side of it and then my leading question on top of that how strong are these goons that they can make what should be a 40 pound instrument in case look manageable with a a presumably 180 plus pound man inside of it these there are a lot of really good questions about this um, we have questions for you, Carlos Ghosn. <laughs> so uh, if, you'd, if you'd like to humor us, Carlos Ghosn, from your new home, yes. please contact us at, uh, I think Motor called it, ovalbore.com. Or uh, cultmedia at outlook.com. That will Either also one, work. That is mine. They will both find us. Um, so, I mean, he is a rather small man, uh, so he could eat re- you know, reasonably fit in Should one. we test this out? So my initial, I don't have an instrument case. My my also my, my second my second question about this was, did he stay in the base case for the entire flight? Like today, I like, can't imagine. Was this a commercial flight that he exited on? <clears throat> I don't know. I think so. Man, so I he was, was in the storage by boat. No, so I, I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah, it would have been great if it was by boat. Oh man! But oh, so planes, planes trains, crushed. and automobiles. So, like. I don't know how he like got out of the country. That he had to have stayed in the base case when they put it through the airport. He definitely got all the way to the plane in the base case. Yeah, yeah. he had to. Well, there's no way he didn't. So, my follow-up question is: At what point did he get out of the case? Like, did he get out of the case like when he hits ground in Beirut, or did he get out of the case once he like leaves Japanese airspace? Clearly, the man was thirsty. The guy had. Well, like, okay, so he should have gone on a boat because once you're on a boat. You're considered being in the country. Imagine how much vomit would be in that case. That is a very good point that Janet has, actually. (laughs) That is true, yeah. So that's why I'm mad he took a plane. Because a plane, you know, there's air marshals and all that. Like, they have a system. But on boats, it's a no man's land. Why are we trying to help him, though? He is not our benevolent overlord. I'm not trying to help him. I'm just saying he missed. He made a mistake. He's a Carmen Sandiego villain. That's what he is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's a comic <laughs> villain at this point this is great if um, there was a children's book that had like comic renditions of Goan's malfeasance I would consider buying it yeah it's great but and Ryan I, I think we have a, a motor cult <clears throat> publishing opportunity here opportunity. Yeah. so alright anyway so obviously there's at least seven people that are involved four pilots have been arrested in this so he's wow. taken what? at least four airplane flights so I want to know like how he like because he, he obviously skipped around sure so I imagine so all right, this is another thing that's weird about this. You are within you are on Japanese land or the land in which the airplane took off from 
until that airplane touches ground mm-hmm. in its destination. So, Gona at least had to take the entire first flight inside the space case, mm-hmm. or else he could risk being extradited back to Japan because yep. he's in technically in Japanese on Japanese soil. Um, so yeah, where did he go? Did he go to like like Kyrgyzstan and then yeah, like, what, take what his, were like, his layovers? Like this is yeah, I really I know what his layover path was because <laughs> uh, that's very interesting. Whatever the closest airport was is probably the first one. So. Um, Greg Kelly, who's like the representative director at Nissan, was even left in the dark. Everybody's left in the dark except for the, his, like, Gones confidants. Um, and so this is, um, there, there's a chance that Greg Kelly, the guy who took over kind of Gones' position, a portion of Gones' position, might have known about this and he's just playing coy. So it just makes a bunch of complications here. But, um, what I'm really, what I do want to note here is that this is the first of many capers with this going whole scenario here. Because this whole situation, top to bottom, has been totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, he has caught, like, embezzling millions of dollars by lying about his paycheck that he was cutting. Uh, then they found out that he bought, like, five houses around the world on Nissan's dollar. Mm-hmm. And then he paid for his daughter's wedding at the Palace of Versailles, again, on Nissan's do- dollar. Mm-hmm. He designed the Nissan Cross Cabriolet as a gift to his wife. Actual fact, by the way. Oh I saw God. so many of those in Florida. Good. Yuck. So happy. Are you on the Nissan Ca- Cross Cabriolet uh, Owners Club Facebook page? I was in it briefly, and then I had to leave. No. Oh. Carlos Ghosn is the the internal version, living flesh and blood of the Renault Aventime. It has yes. cost Renault that much money, it, Nissan yeah, that yes. much money. It, it, he is uh, he is truly an unbelievable person. Uh, and honestly, I'm at a point where I'm almost rooting for him. Yeah, I, I'm like really honestly, if you've gotten this far, like well, it's more because. If you ever watch like the Carmen San Diego on Netflix, like this guy totally would, would fit in vile. Like he'd, he like totally would fit in like the bad guy role. And now they got like Interpol and like Detective Devineau like chasing after him. Like it's just I'm so in love with this story. It's my it's, favorite. It is news a great story. story. It might be one of the best stories. Well, it is the best story we've covered in 2020. Oh, this is yes. the best. We didn't even mention Hello 2020. Yeah, this Hello. should be this should be our first episode of 2020. I think that we load up. No. Okay, I guess not. Well, hello, last week's episode decade. drops in 2020 as well. All right. So, um, but yeah, so this is actually Oops. a very hilarious story. And also, I really, really, really got to hand it to Ben Chu, my editor, mm-hmm. for his, his choice of cover photo for Carl Scone fleeing Japan, which is Carl Scone yep. fleeing Japan in this tiny pre war Datsun Type 17. Like, it looks hilarious. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Rumbler, ha. It's like, run away, run away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Datsun 17. So it's a, it's a um, for those of you who aren't familiar with pre-war Datsuns, it's Austin 7. It, it's, an, it's an Austin 7 for anybody that's ever seen any pre-war European, like British cars. It's a tiny English equivalent of a Model T. It's totally hilarious to run away in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's a perfect image to oh. capture somebody like ironically getting away. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. I just love the story so much. But yeah, he's he's currently in what Lebanon. So. Yes, he's he's in Beirut, Lebanon, safe uh, with his wife. Actually, so good for him. 
Uh, he might go to Japan or he might go to France. France is uh, they France does have an extradition treaty with Japan for Japanese citizens, but since he is a French citizen, uh, Japan, France does not uh, deport or does not extradite their citizens. So he might stay in Beirut. He might not. France would be a lovely place to have to, you know. It's a really questionable place in the world right now because Lebanon's also going through like huge riots on like like. It's fine. He's got income. his dots in seventeen. Though. Yeah, it, I, I'm curious. There's a there's a small chance he might get killed in like a riot or something. He might just be, <laughs> like because like France is or uh, sorry uh, Lebanon's like on the verge of having their own French Revolution right now. So hmm. that sounds pretty intense. Yeah, Probably so what I want to be involved in. Not a good place to be a multimillionaire accused of stealing millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars from your company. But they were saying so like I was listening to NPR, as I always do. Uh and they were saying that a lot of like citizens of Lebanon are like rooting for him. Like that they like yeah. him. That like he's considered like a hero because he like because <laughs> they think that like japan treated him so poorly in prison you know to be fair japan does have a 99 percent conviction rate when they're criminal and yeah. in, in their in their court system which is pretty that that's like obviously problematic because there's no way that 100 percent effectively of people that go through as Japanese. efficient as Japan is, yeah, that can't, can't hit hundred percent because some people have dots and seventeens. Well, not and only, instrument cases. Well, not not only that, you can't possibly hit hundred percent accuracy on anything. And that's for true. for putting people in jail, that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just ruin this guy's life over a traffic ticket or something that he wasn't, you know, convicted of. Um, anyway, I will let you get to your topic. Like one more. I that, actually think the next one. Might be you. It is me. Yes, I do have one. However, I can rearrange if you want. I can do the, this one. Let's do. Let's do yours. Okay. Because I don't want to go two times in a row. I talk too much. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. So I want to talk about this. Is actually a topic I picked because I saw one of our Patreon patrons share it personally on their Facebook page. Yes. So this we will is stalk you if you a, are a Patreon. Yeah. If I happen to be Facebook friends with you, we will absolutely stalk you. So, <laughs> not really. Wow, that escalated quickly. Uh, back to Jalopnik for some topics. Still yes. just gold. They are, they're still doing wonderful. Yeah, even with uh, their... Their change of the helm. They're, yeah, yeah, they're still change doing of watch. pretty good. Doing so this good. article is, is called simply, It's Time to Let Go of Commuter Culture. What this essentially boils down to is an article about a surveyed group of people that are fairly anti-car and then also people that are pro-car and kind of figure out where are the issues with the stigma behind walking, biking, and public transport come from? Ooh, and, I love this topic. And how it's just time to get rid of that stigma because you can both commute effectively with public transport, biking, walking, a lot of the time not use your vehicle alone, contributing to a lot of CO2 issues, and still have interesting cars that you enjoy tremendously, but outside of your commute. Well, your brother, yeah. Yeah, so this was actually a story that I saw him share, so I just happened to see it searching for topics, and I thought it was worth covering. So, so, like, anthropologically, the reason why a lot of this is, like, in the like this doesn't happen in europe right. because you know their cities are so small that they're it's ancient like, yeah that, literally like no so they were built uh, around pedestrians and you know carriages and public transport and horse-drawn carts yeah yeah 
and so transfer. like yeah. so you know their cities were built for that but because in the united states it's so spread out yeah everything is very spread out here so yeah like the car... even in like new york and la it's still very car based and mm-hmm. chicago car based because you know they're designed with cars in mind unfortunately well even if they weren't like new york because i mean that city's old enough like it really was based on walking yeah but i mean of course it was destroyed and rebuilt and all that kind of stuff but the city also is is so it has so many people in it now where if if you want to go to something you like and it just happens to be a mile and a half away even though you're passing probably 15 other equivalent entities on the way you still do need a taxi cab to get there but I mean, this is the at least the article is more based on just commute. Yeah, which is important. Right, and I think that that's a good point to make because I'm like I indirectly kind of relate to this because I drive a fairly boring vehicle for commute reasons. Yeah. yeah. But outside of the commute, I'm down here just like wasting premium fuel and giant Italian V12s and things yeah. like that. So well, I, should I, also... I completely segregate that portion of my life away from commute. Exactly. And I don't really have that stigma for anyone that does take public transport. Yeah, and I think with me, I, I do have a stigma. It's not of the people, because most people that take public transport, they're fine. But it's just like, you, like it's just the five times I've been on a bus in the last ten years. Yeah. Every time. There's been something ridiculous I don't want happening near me happen near me. Sure. Said so one time there's somebody's ODing on drugs or cool. something. So the whole freaking okay. train got stopped. Um, <laughs> then I was on the bus and there was there were two there's a, a alcoholic that was arguing and abusing his alcoholic wife and that was just terrible ruined my day. Mm-hmm. And then there was um, the bus got stuck in traffic, which took just as long <laughs> as my car would have taken. And then I had to sit next. I had to listen to some guy tell his friend about the Bible. And it's just like every time there's something stupid happening that I have to deal with. Okay, so I did have to commute using public transportation and walking for a majority of the time that I had my permit. Because, like, I got my permit as soon as I could, but I never got my license. I, I got my license when I was like 18. Sure, it's a lot cheaper to do Just about to graduate, way. yeah, from high school, and then I didn't have to deal with any of that weird, that. like, you know, the whole you can only drive with one other person. I didn't have to deal with any of that. Well, those I, laws came to be after we got our yeah. licenses. Yeah, but. so like, you know, I had a friend who got hers around the same time as mine, but she wasn't mm-hmm. 18 yet, sure. and so... I would just drive for her <laughs> in her car. But before, like, I, I, even after I got my license, I didn't have my own car. So I was commuting from West Bloomington to Richfield at the old Montessori I used to work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I had to transfer, like, for anybody not outside outside of Minnesota, like, from Richfield to Bloomington is a 15-minute drive. I had to take two different buses. Mm-hmm. Every, like, I had to switch off at two different stops. Like, I had to take a, I had to walk about three blocks to the nearest bus stop and then take a bus to the Mall of America and then from mm-hmm. the Mall of America take a bus. That's so much so more. So, it's, it's a roundabout way of doing that yeah. trip. Yeah. And then, you know, I go to Normandale and that's what, maybe a mile or two from my house. Uh, that's my nearest bus stop. So yeah, I walked, you it's, know, it's, a mile every day to. Sleep. That's unfortunate. 
And so, like, in a situation like that, yeah, I mean, like, you really do want your own vehicle because, yeah, yeah you can you can save seventy five percent of the travel time. Yeah, and, and so that's like, a huge motivator. I would like I didn't mind taking the bus because I wasn't taking it at night where all this terrifying stuff happens. But well, you that's know, probably wise. I you know I never. I think would it's stay also at a part of town too. Yeah, yeah, and like you know I did have people like stop me. Especially at if you're transferring at MOA, yeah. You know, it's just like yeah, you get a bunch of creeps and everything. Yeah, and I think that but that like, ruins a large amount of it. And for you know, people. if we had a better like bus system, I think I would take the bus a lot more. And it's it's rapidly improving, especially yeah, with like light rail sure. routes, because I guess the only example that I can think of, I, I take the light rail from Surly mm -hmm. to downtown to the Armory for concerts yeah. a lot because parking is so expensive. Yes. But and the main good. one I keep looking at and I've never done before was my house to the airport because that's oh, yeah, becoming that's increasingly yeah. necessary. I, I, I fly a lot these days, mm -hmm. probably 30 times a year. And sometimes people, either Corey, my roommate, or friends of mine are not able to yeah. take me. And Ubers are not cheap. No. They're not ridiculous. Especially but we're talking the order of 20 to $25, including yeah. a tip. And transit is like 2 or $3 to do yeah. that same trip. But I look at the timing, and especially like really early in the morning, I take a lot of red eyes. Yeah. We're just not set up to have buses that come often enough. But still, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. You can, you can Google Maps especially yes, has Google. really excellent things. So you know exactly when the bus is going to arrive. But it's still, it will take me an also, hour to take a bus and a combination of light rail to the airport from my house, whereas an Uber is about 17 minutes. And uh, I know for the Twin Cities, Metro Transit also has a really good website to they do. let you know. There's, and that's probably more accurate because yeah. they have trackers on the buses I think, I think a, a really large issue with our public transit in is, Minnesota is, one second, okay. our lack of a subway system. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. That's a huge issue because we have light rail, which sucks because that screws up I traffic. I like light rail. Yeah but, yeah, but I mean, like, compared to subway, well, the light rail is like vastly inferior. Well, yeah, but it's also like an eighth the cost. That's true. But it's also an right. eighth the effectiveness. It is, but like we're way beyond developed to the point where we could put in a subway system effectively. Yeah. So yeah, and I, 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 think, that. I think that, that that's, that, that's a, a very detrimental thing. Cause, or even elevated rail. Yeah. If we had like an elevated rail or a subway or something, if you could have an automated train that yeah. just goes 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm goes you have a train that goes you know the light rail route between st paul yep. and minneapolis then what goes from minneapolis to uh the airport in mall of america and then like a ring one that goes like around the or metro even, you know in the, in the outside hours where they're doing fewer trains or fewer buses like if the routes would be a little more optimized so maybe yeah. you don't have as many stops yeah. so you could just skip over a few of the lower traffic stops i think that that would make up for the that difference and i would be more likely to use it and, and as time goes on, I think there will be you know more people migrating to bus rapid transit, which is a huge project in my neighborhood mm -hmm. actually. BRT, yep. yeah. BRT, and that's that's sprouting up all over the place, and we get more and more light rail lines. I think as time goes, I will be more likely to take that because it is really cost effective. Even yes. if it is slower, there's a point where we're like, okay, I'll wake up 40 minutes earlier and I'll just spend three dollars to get there, and I know I'll yeah, get there. Yeah, and. You know, with the less stops, the easier it is for you to sleep on your commute. I think a, another thing is um, with our light rail, I think that we should be doing an elevated light rail. In really built up areas, like, I, I, I think that's smart, like in downtown, but they're the, probably never going to get approval. The, yeah, but the, the University Avenue light rail is so stupid. Like, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. 
because I think it's just too many stops. I don't think we late, really run into the. Well, it's it's too many stops. He, he, he like totally goons up traffic for everybody else. Like it, it's really ridiculous. I think that I think it's a good idea, and it's really good for helping get those communities. You know, not necessarily gentrified, but like out of abject poverty because there's no good well, way it, to get. At there. least, yeah, it gives them opportunity to to travel. Yeah, to year get outside round. of their neighborhood. So, and, but I, I think that elevated uh, train system would be very effective there. Um, right. Unfortunately, I think we're probably past the point yeah, where that's yeah. ever going to happen. No, not there. But I think like future ones, we should do elevated. The people that are causing the traffic blockages because of the light rail coming into the middle of that and causing yeah. a little bit more traffic. It's just it's that's how that works when you take away driving lanes. Uh, hopefully, they will migrate to transit. Yeah, as, I think they should. As cars I, get more and more expensive, and, and you know, for and fuel. Uh, for me, like it's not really rapid transit, but <clears throat> using a min pass or HOV lanes, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that I do all the time. Like my route to work, like I used to do it occasionally mm-hmm. and check traffic. Now it's just like every day, I just do it. It's just so much easier. Well, yeah, um, it's a quality of life thing. <laughs> it is a quality of life thing. I think that that's a, that's the thing is that it, you know if you had a a bus line where it was just a bus lane mm-hmm. and then you had an HOV lane that you could purchase into. Yep. That would be another really good way to deal with that. Yeah, that's actually a a pretty good idea. I mean, even kind of, I guess, maybe building on that a little bit, like, if they had certain trains or buses that also went to the stops that you're looking at, but they only did direct routes yes. somewhere else, that would significantly cut transit and time. a lot of... And you could plan they, around that. They do that for the, the <clears throat> second and third ring suburbs. Yeah. Okay. There's but. a lot of um, also NPR, like, conversations on this. Like, oh, I'm sure. There are people way more educated than us yeah, about it than and I'm like, sure. Discuss do, it at no end. I yeah. do have... But I think it's interesting hearing it from a car enthusiast you know, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of, you know... Like, in the United States, especially where we are in the middle of the country, mm-hmm. it is difficult for us to use public transportation. But there is that stigma. Because I know when I was taking public transportation, it was super uncool. They're like, wait, you've got your driver's license. Why are you doing this? And But, I mean, just like, in Minnesota, I mean, we, we have far from the best public transit yeah. system. But it's okay. And over the last 20 years, it has gotten, gotten so, much so much better. Like, I would never have considered riding a bus or the non-existent light rail yeah. before it happened. But like oh, yeah. even starting in college, like I took the light rail a fair bit yeah. because it was really close to where I went to school. And it went to a few stops that I actually was going to go to anyway, being like mall of America. And like the yeah. first one was right next to a Taco Bell and yeah. a grocery store. Yes. <laughs> this is perfect. It's super easy. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. But we have to, once the things expand and you get shorter routes to all this it's really minimizing that transit time i yeah. think that's really all it yeah, is yeah that, that's a huge thing is minimizing traffic uh, transit time so in this article did they did any of the enthusiasts <clears throat> or a, what what were they what were their kind of complaints about rapid transit because we now know ours our well i mean right off the bat it, i mean it wasn't like the the hugely pro car group it wasn't all people just hating on rapid transit or just regular transit it was only about two-thirds of them that were really <laughs> I don't know, but I think a lot of it just comes from like the the status symbol of owning your car and just yeah. having that mental block about the freedom of being able to go anywhere anytime you want. But That's then you so also, ridiculous. like in rush hour transit is the same speed. 
oh, yes. as driving a car. So well, like this, that's you, what it's for. You you have your car. You can still right. own it. It's not a communist society where it's stealing your car and giving it to some other guy. Right. And like, the people that shouldn't be driving their crappy-ass buckets on yeah, the road are should, the people that should be yes. leveraging transit. Yeah. yeah, like that makes sense. Like, <clears throat> commuting to... is not a status symbol. That's a, no. That's a nuisance. Oh, God, no. Yes. And, and that's what this is about. And for, for me, like... If I could take rapid transit mm-hmm. to my job in within the exact same half hour time frame, in, in would, a rush hour frame, yeah, yeah, I would do that, no question. Because you know what I want to do? I would love to just have my headphones on, listen to NPR, and drink coffee, and not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, my vehicle and my commute at the times I go is as close to transit as I can yeah. do. This is why I think autonomous cars are stupid. Because that that's that is a, the highest carbon way of having effectively public transit. Yeah. But those cars, when networked, won't break for no reason on the highway and cause traffic. That's true. Won't end up sideways under a Highlander yes. for <laughs> a head-scratching unknown reason. That's very true. I, I think self-driving and transit combined are going to be such a godsend yes. for enthusiasts because it will take the retards off the roads. Mm-hmm. In mass quantities. That's that's a really big. Yeah. So and, anyway, that's. You know, I, I just I wish we had more trains. You know, because we and we we're, love we're getting trains. there. They're just super expensive. Yeah, they're we, super we should, expensive. We should also know that trains are cool. They are. We love, we trains. love trains. I mean, they're. My another I, uh, speaking <clears throat> of trains, uh, public transit, uh, Jalopnik did a review of Amtrak, which oh, is yeah. hilarious because it was terrible. <laughs> Um, yeah, but they're working on it. They're working really they hard. Are. Amtrak's funding has been so really poor. bad the last ten-ish years, and now the, it's improving a little bit because I mean, the people they, they realize if you're traveling on an Amtrak, you know it's going to be slower. But you're doing it because it's a completely different experience. And now you have you don't have to go to some crappy ass station that looks like an yeah. old post office on Vandalia. You go to the really nice new transit hub in downtown St. Paul to yeah. board it. It's just a much better experience now. Like even the the retro train, the friends yeah. of the yeah. 509 that goes to Milwaukee that drives by, like I would love to go on that for yeah. fun. Well, Blake's a dad. He refuses to go on airplanes because he's superstitious. But um I'm just a little stitious. But like I like the idea of a train because I, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of having solitude. Like I am a writer. Like that's mm-hmm. I do. If I could have a compartment, if I could have one day where I'm not being bothered by people, where people aren't talking to me, where I don't have people calling me because I'm in the middle of nowhere, there's no phone reception, and all I have is a Wi-Fi uplink <clears throat> so I can get on my website. Like that's all I want. Like if I could have that and a grilled cheese sandwich. And for 24 hours, I'd be thrilled. I'd be more than happy. And hot chocolate. I don't okay. care. That's like, I just... awesome, but also a huge digression. So no, not not, not really, because it's still it's still public transit stuff. Yeah, that's it's, publicly, it's not commute culture. Though. That, that's publicly funded transit, and that actually, I mean, that extends to the North Star Line stuff like that. That is commuter transit, and then you didn't mention the North Star Line at all. Do you know what yeah. that is? Yeah, of course I do. I have yeah. several. Well, coworker's wife actually. Coworker and ex coworkers spouses so, take it. For those of you outside of Minnesota, the North Star Line is this really cool train that uh, goes along an Amtrak route effectively, mm-hmm. but it goes from, you know, two counties over and brings people into the metro. Yeah. And that cuts Exurbs down. to downtown essentially. And yeah, it's very effective for commuters. It's super effective because you can live out in Royalton, Minnesota, Google it. Um, and then you can uh, get to downtown Minneapolis 
in, in like, like 30 minutes. Yeah, like in the same time it takes me to drive from St. Louis Park to downtown Minneapolis. That train boogies. Oh, I mean, it comes past it, my shop at like full chooch. Yeah. Yeah, I, that thing does like eighty on really commercial fun. lines. It's, no, I, I can. I if I'm having a, co- a conversation with a customer, I have to pause for a second while the train goes by because it's so loud and fast. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, the, trains the, are the cool, cool. End of story. Yep, there we go. Let's move on so we have a little more time for All things. Right, sorry, I just wanted to you know, actually cover that. Trains get exciting. Um, yes. So Travis Scott uh, mm-hmm. is a rapper. He has um, two first names. Yes, he yeah. is. Uh, and actually, the S should be a dollar sign, but whatever. Here we are. Um, okay. Travis Scott uh, released a Is new album. Is he related album. to Kesha? Mm, yes. Okay. Uh, he released a new album, which actually has probably one of the best album covers uh, in rap music. You can go to Japanese Nostalgia Car and look and scroll down to the uh, the January 2nd story. If you can just go to the news. On X. Hold on. Just going to no kill screen, screen cap first. And click, just click, click where it says JNC. I'll take you home and scroll down. I was already so, like four uh, stories back up, 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 ah. up, up, up is literally the next story. So, all right, going back. Now you can put this back on the screen. I'm going to center again so it looks good. So Travis Scott's new album um, called, uh, I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's a new album. Anyway, so it came out two days after Christmas. This is one of the best album covers I've seen in rap music in a long time because it's got a FD RX7 Spirit Mark. R. It's got a Mark IV, Mark IV Supra. Um, I don't, can't see what that is. I think it's an RX-7 or a Miata. And then E30 M3 with like uh, the, the little, rally, the yeah, rally, rally lights. lights. Um, it, my editor called it a Lampin' Bomb. <laughs> hey. Anyway, the uh, E30 M3 with a Lampin' Bomb on it is going up for auction now, actually. <laughs> I'm still Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's called the cactus. It's called the Cactus Jack uh, E30 M3, uh, and actually Travis Scott himself. It's called Jack Boys. That's the name of the album. But um, he's actually auctioning this car. He actually purchased it and built it and everything. It was already kind of like a modified car. It wasn't. It wasn't a pristine car by any means. Mm-hmm. But he modified it for the music video because Travis Scott's actually a really cool car enthusiast. Uh, this is just kind of following a trend of rappers with really good tasting cars, not just buying whatever the most expensive Bugatti they can find is, mm-hmm. but actually buying tasteful cars. Uh, and this is one, I mean, it's got like Russian writing on it. It's a very Russian style E30 M3. Yeah, it's got genuine LMs on it. It's got a, re- well, a replica Euro Evo 2, Evo 3 front end on it, factory US market rear bumper, some sort of replica. It looks like Evo 3 rear bumper, but that's a pretty decent looking car. Yeah, and so you can actually sign for the auction. He's auctioning on his website, um, which is travisscott.com. You know, you can just go to and figure it out. But um, yeah, actually, really cool car from a surprisingly good rapper. I didn't like him at first, but I've, I've been listening to his music. You're not a rap guy, so you can't understand words and music. Yeah, you I, literally I, can't. I don't hear lyrics. In yeah, any you song, can't. So. It, that's actually a real thing. Uh, it's not just you being a crazy person. No, even my mother, who was a professor of music at Saint Olaf, she she doesn't hear words in songs. Yeah, there's it's a it's a genetic um, learning thing. It's not really a disorder, but it's a genetic learning I'll thing. Call it a disorder. It's fine. Yeah, no, but it, it is an actual genetic thing. I heard. I was. I can uh, hear melodies. I can even hear like the sounds of the words. There was a, there was but a thing the on. It wasn't Radiolab. It was on one. Brains it was on, are cool. It was on one of the one of the various NPR podcasts I listen to at work. But uh, they were talking about the thing that you had. I was thinking about you on that. But anyway, he is a surprisingly good rapper. But yeah, so this car's for sale. You can get it. It's probably going to be a hell of a lot less than $40,000. 
and oh wow that's a really good deal all right look how modified it is yeah but like anything with a running s14 and assuming it's an s14 car is worth pretty much that these days yeah it's it's pretty cool <laughs> a tangent topic just an engine transmission in ecu that ran from one of these an original one went yeah. for twenty five thousand dollars on oh, bring geez. a trailer last week Woofta. yeah so, just the engine transmission in ecu so this here's a list of the cars from his music <laughs> video by the way that this was in 240z aw11 mr2 that travis scott owns nice um two nsx's chris forberg's 370z drift car forsberg um an infinity infinity m45 infinity 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 m uh m45 okay another fd uh a lancer evo 10 or sorry a lancer evo 1 nice and the tesla cybertruck <laughs> oh god this is a great that's a all right we this know is a really it's different this is a really really great um music video but what's cool is the cars that travis scott didn't actually uh own he actually had the the owners of the cars featured in the music video as well so that's the, this, neat. that yellow rx7 was actually from jccs tie this bandana around your head and put your hands with the peace symbols facing down crossing each other in the front and we'll feature you in the video well more like neon yellow balaclava whatever <laughs> fine i did see the extremely grainy album cover so it's a, it's a, it's a pretty tight album cover i'm really happy pretty about this. tight album cover he says <laughs> uh. Well, moving on from pretty tight rap album covers, I want to talk about pretty tight little French cars. Yes. Uh, this oh, is oh, oh. something Jana might actually react to. Yes. Somebody. I saw these. Somebody. Okay. Let Jana finish. She, she I will saw yell over these. You. We don't even know what these Mexico. are yet. I know well, exactly what this is because I. Well, saw I know, them but I haven't prefaced it for the people that <laughs> listens this in audio <laughs> format. Audio format, which is ninety-five percent of who listens to this. I know. I'm just excited because I saw them in Mexico. Okay, <laughs> so can can Burger tell the people like yes. break the suspense? All right, Burger, go quickly. <laughs> so some maniac has somehow brought a working Renault Twizy into California and is selling it. Um, how is that legal? I it isn't. Wouldn't it be a quadricycle? Yeah, well, I mean, you could you could sell it for off-road use, probably. Yeah. So you could sell it for use on, like, a golf cart or... Uh... That's probably what it's being sold as. Uh, anyway, but... It's a twizzy! It is a twizzy, <clears throat> and they're so fun. Such and, a cute and little guy. And police officers use them in... in, in... In coastal cities along Mexico. Yeah, because they can get down. The, in the Yucatan mm-hmm. Peninsula. Well, it's, yeah, it's like a giant segue. Yucatan. It's just better. Yucatan. Yucatan. Well, I can't pronounce words because I'm from Minnesota. Minnesota? So I I don't know. It's one of those things like when you saw a non-motor XGTR, I'm like, I know that's here illegally, but gosh, that's cool. Yeah, this is probably the world's coolest Nissan Sentra. Yeah. Yeah, 50-mile range, 6.1-kilowatt-hour battery. It has a top speed of about 50 miles an hour. The Twizy is great. It's a little open-wheeled, front-to-back seating electric cute boy. Yeah, it's a cute there's, boy. And there's one in really the States, great. and it hasn't presumably been repossessed and crushed yet. Oh, huh, so that's, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, I, was like, I, just, I just want to cover that real quick because somebody has a Twizy. I'm really curious how this is legal because there's got to be a way that this is a thing. Well, I, I think if you don't try to register it for on-road use, it's probably okay. But somebody would have had to, like, purchase it and not register it in Europe. Yeah. And then ship it over here has, like, you know, a maintenance vehicle or something like that. Because I can't think of any other way that you could get something that is, like, so, so... You know what? It's Carl Scones doing. His <laughs> personal doing. Only that... he could do this. 
Um, let I'm lime to... lime rental actually rented a handful of Twizzies in California. Hmm. So maybe there's some exception for they did like a very small handful where they're like this is a rental car for like city use only. It's like this whole like thing. Um, maybe they shipped them into Mexico and registered them there and then just drove them up. Or... Well, no, it, it was actually rented in the United States. Huh. Very briefly, did not. Uh, it, it didn't work very well in America, Lime, because they were like exceedingly expensive for them to be able to. Is that the same Lime that is Lime Scooter Lime? Yeah, lime. Okay. The, the, the so lime. it's like a, an Uber or a yeah. spin. So you, you can rent it. So okay. it's likely a former rental wire. vehicle. That's okay. Well, that means it might yeah. actually be legal to own, in which case, Janet, you should look into buying Ooh, that. Yes. Yeah, Janet, that'd be a perfect U car because you don't drive more than 50. I mean, and plus, you can, that, that won't take up any space in your garage. It's literally the size of Patrick's bicycle. And it's only 6.1 yes. kilowatt hours, so it costs literally nothing so to drive. So you're it. saying it would fit in the illegal portion of my garage? Yeah. It's big enough, you could just drive it over that curb. Yeah. Like, it'd be fine. It's, it's got plenty of... It's like two modern motorcycles wide. It's not a wide thing. That's a great car. I'm so excited <clears throat> that this is available in America. Have you... um? So when you guys came in, I was watching something on 1320 about a uh, a drag racing whatever thing. But there's also an event going on in Australia right now called the Summer bush Nats. Fires? Yeah, oh. yeah, Summer Nats. But they yeah. mentioned the bushfires because like every video clip of this event is just like super foggy, and they're commenting on how hot it is, which is unfortunate. I think they're in a drought right now. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it's Australia, so it's I think they're really always in a drought. It's <clears throat> summer there now. So what better event to hold in the middle of a brush fire, in the middle of summer, in the middle of a drought than an event that just feeds More copious carbon. amounts of fuel into a bunch of big block supercharged vehicles doing burnouts on fossil <laughs> fuel based tires. So yeah, this is essentially a power cruise. On crack. Like, like yeah. on crack. It's just like they have something called Skid Row, which is literally a two-car wide aisle that is lined with K-rails at various distances to make you rotate your car while you're doing a rolling burnout down this eighth-mile track. Mm-hmm. Skid row. They have the massive Australian burnout competition. That's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, throw it in and rotate it around. Car shows, driving events, really terrible concerts, even though this thumbnail actually looks just fine here, especially this part. <laughs> this part right here is really good. Um, but I, I wasn't even aware of this event. It showed you, up in you my, heard of that? showed up in my YouTube recommendations last night and there's a live feed going on right now. Cause this event is going on right yeah. now. Yeah. Some of my weirdo friends that collect old Subarus will take the cars out there. Like, and of course, Cletus McFarlane is here cause he's everywhere, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's rad. I mean, just the Aussie culture. Oh, also everyone is, they have a mullet. Just everyone at this uh, yeah, event has grown a mullet. Yeah, it's true. That's just how I'll not show this is. one guy here on the image, but yeah, everyone they, that's they actually got it out <laughs> probably to try to get entrance. This isn't a mullet. This is just a high and tight. <laughs> but it's it's pretty great, and they, it's it's a fully sanctioned event. They have full tech. Everything is on the up and up. That's very cool. Australia. Uh, that video you're watching, by the way. Yeah. Um, that was um. I know that's in the states. God, but what was that? What was that called? I forgot what, what event that was. It's probably still up here. Um, nope. Oh, but anyway, they. Uh, th- I watched that video earlier. Um, I think it's a Haltech import versus domestic. Uh, it's WCF 2019. Okay, I'll have to yeah. Google and see what that is. But anyway, they uh, the world's fastest rotary 
Uh, yeah, RX-8. Yeah, it was RX-8. Uh, ran five seconds. The only rotary in the world to do that. World Cup Finals. World Cup Finals. That's what it was. But this is the thing, is that now he did the RX-8 um, it is a run of five. Event. Now he did the RX-8 run of five-second quarter mile. On a rotary engine. On a rotary engine. That was from West Tech College, which is a uh, like basically like a Dunwoody sort of like like oh trade school a trade school. It's pretty impressive. Uh, can we go to Puerto Rico? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's in Puerto Rico. <laughs> of course, it's in Puerto Rico. Uh, but no, it, it was a uh, oh, no man. that that was a that's that was a college built car. That's like pretty students cool. got together and built that. There, every Puerto Rican in that event is so humble when thirteen twenty reads them their times. Like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, good. That's great. They're just I'm super really quiet. I'm like, oh, that's good. Puerto Rican people are the best. Like, you just set a world record. Oh, it's a good time. Thank so you. Some, <laughs> some of the dudes from um, from Team Nostalgic might come up for a Drive Cartel event that we'll, we'll talk about with them once they get there. Cool. But uh, I'm really excited. to. Have, I want to try and get some of them on the podcast. Cause, That'd be uh, neat. Yeah, the Puerto Rican car culture is so cool. It's honestly one of my favorite subcultures of, like, import cars. Is, I just love their fixation with rotaries, too. It's like... Okay. Cool. Yeah, like they're like super about it. I love it. Like, I think it's because they're so small well, and light that they can ship parts in <laughs> cheaper. Probably, or something yeah. like that. I just I really appreciate <laughs> it. Like it's just Puerto Rican car culture is one of the coolest car cultures ever. So. I am inclined to agree. Isn't there? There's like a secondary powertrain that's really popular too. There, that's weird. Don't they do like RBs? No, they do uh, three SGEs a lot. They do okay. a lot of four, a lot of oh, Toyota four yeah. cylinders. You're right. Yeah, because that's yeah. that two ZZ Echo, right? Yeah, the two ZZ Echo. Um, and it's not just that. It's like it's Toyota four cylinders. The smallest place in Toyota four cylinders. So right. rotaries and Toyota four cylinders. Yeah. So a lot of four A's, a lot of ZZs, a lot of yeah. SGs. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's very, very, very cool. Hmm. So. There you go. <laughs> no. Well, th- th- hold on, Jenna. Okay, so in TCBMW, which is the best Facebook group in the entire face of the yes, world, there are three a- screener questions, one of which is, do you own a Segway? I might have to rethink this question right now because I stumbled upon this story Excuse today, me. and this might be the first Segway product that isn't total horseshit garbage. What is it? This is an all-electric sport bike. That sounds dumb. Oh. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, but it'll, it'll find a way to make it dumb. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be horrible because Segway makes it, but two no, point. You, 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 what's going to happen is this is going to be a perfectly cool product, and then people like Piss Jogs are going to get it and make it not cool. That's true. The, this will be owned exclusively by people that I don't want to talk to. Yeah, so this, maybe you should keep that question. Yeah, this is. This, I'm going to keep the question. really dumb. But like, anyway, this is, technically, it's good because it will make other good non-Segway brands make good yes. products like this. So just quick rap sheet, 50-mile range, 2.9 seconds 0 to 60, 125-mile-an-hour top speed. Sounds like a Renault Twizy, but a lot less cool. Yeah, and this is probably more money, too. Yeah. I think you should just get a Renault Twizy. But this is a lot faster. Twizy's maxed out at 50. Slow car fast. I'd rather drive a Twizy at 50 than that. I'm going to change my topic. Uh, This Segway motorcycle (laughs) is worse than a Renault Twizy, which is on sale right now in the United States. Go buy buy a Renault Twizy. I have made a huge mistake. (laughs) So, this is the. All right, so so going on to that, I don't want to just kind of drop it at that. Um, This is my thing is that has the potential of actually being a cool motorcycle. But when Ford was doing the. Fiesta ST and the Focus ST. Yeah, I was still the clowning. Fist and the Fast. I was still clowning on Ford regularly, and people were like, "Ford makes cool stuff. They're totally changed." I'm like, "No, they're not. Ford has to prove that they can sustain being changed for 20 years for me to find them cool." 
if they are still making cool cars by the time I am 45, <coughs> they're then a cool company. But you know what? I was right. Yeah, you're you're right because now come to think of it, like from 1989 to 1994, they yep. made cool stuff. Yep. The nothing. Yep. Until 2004. And then if you look at muscle cars, they made so they made all right. They made a, they made a flathead, which is cool. So they made the flathead era was fifteen years. Ford can sustain being cool for about fifteen years. Yeah, tops at, at most. Yeah, because then when they made the Mustang, the Mustang was good for about not even fifteen years. It's cool for about ten. Not yep. even that. It was like eight years of cool Mustang, and then it went to trash. Yeah, and then it was it went like cool sixty four to seventy one. So yeah, the Y block and the Mustang were cool. So, like, the, the Thunderbird and, the, and Mustang were cool. The Fox up Body until, was cool. Yeah. And then nothing, because the SN95 was lame as all hell. Yeah. And then the GT was cool. Yep. And, like, along with that, there was, like, a Dominator 4-cam Mustang that was okay. And they, they made... So I and will, that lasted for, like, four years. I will give Ford the benefit of the doubt and say, along with the Mustang, they were also making cool stuff. They did the Turbo Probe, they did the Escort GT. They made SHO, cool things. First Gen. Yeah, they made cool things in the early 90s. But then it's, yeah, it hit 15 years, and they just, like, gave up the ghost. And they're like, all right, now we're just making the Mustang. Hey, we have this line of really cool manual-only vehicles that are reliable and good. How about we stop making cars? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Wait. Ford what? cannot. No, no, don't do that one. The, Ford cannot sustain <clears throat> making a cool product. Because, like, Toyota, they can. Because even mm-hmm. at their worst Toyota, when they were in their malaise, like, the you know, mid this is 2000s. Toyota practices sustainable practices. Yeah. They, they, Their employees don't burn out, so they keep making good things. Yeah. And it's like, well. Ford is like working really good people to the bone. As long as they last, then they die at work probably, and then there's nobody good to make product for the next seven years. Exactly. And then Toyota, mm-hmm. like, even when they've got bean counters at the top. The bean counters are, like, holding down the cool people. Because yeah. the cool people are still squeaking out things. Like, <laughs> it's like you saw the Forerunner happening. And you saw, like, the, the Tacoma, like, being better than any other pickup truck. And then, like, also, oh, by the way, Toyota XRS. Like, Corolla XRS. GR! You know, like, yeah, like, it, it, and, like, you just have these, like, cool things that are popping up. And then, like, they get, like, Akio Toyota that gets rid of the bean counters. And then mm-hmm. the cool stuff comes back in force. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, with Ford, it's like, oh, shit, we need to seem cool. All right, uh, that one guy that's in an iron lung that designed the Ford Escort GT. All right, keep him on. He's going to make the SN95 until we have another generation that we can work to death. It, it, yeah, what like, do we use for an engine? Oh, I've got that Grand Marquis engine. Just throw it in there. That's yeah, it. Like, see, that's a, this is exactly what I mean. Like, everybody was, like, that was or a, the new Thunderbird. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, when I was – it's around the time I was, like, working with MNCC a lot. Like, mm-hmm. that's when I was, like, clowning on Ford, and everybody was yelling at me at MNCC, mind you, about clowning on Ford. And that is exactly why I was clowning on Ford is because I knew like for – it's not for now. I knew for a fact that this is just a temporary thing because, mm-hmm. like I said, with the, with the Focus RS, very cool car. Mm-hmm. Does not matter at all because that has no end game. Nope. That is the end game of that, and now you have nothing. It's, it's a good product. At its moment, it's a good product and a microcosm, but it will be gone soon. And lo and behold, it not was. only is it gone, it also heralded the end of Ford cars. Mm-hmm. Yes. For like, the foreseeable future. Ford can't make something cool. I will give Dodge their, um, I'll give them their comeuppance. Because Dodge is like the guy that makes really cool cars that is really bad with money. 
So he can't afford to make cool cars. So he does his best. You probably saw this too, but as I was searching for articles this week, I saw an article that, you know, the Challenger that's been in production for 11 years now? Yeah. Had its best ever sales year by like 30% this year. Man, there's nothing else that you can buy that's in that category. Right. That makes right. Sense. Like, it's like, a perfect car. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's gotten a whole lot better over there's, that time, too. I can't really... Like, all the powertrains are good now, and they were all terrible when it started. So, so this is my thing. I, like can't really fault Mopar fans because like I Mopar no car I totally get it like they make some real trash but it's because they don't have any money to make cars with so it's like it makes sense yeah like, but their parts bins are sustainable though yeah but I mean like like every it, Mo, I can't think of an era where Dodge hasn't had some sort of cool car available like even in the Malays they had a cool car available like you could still get like when they had no money to make a Challenger they just brought over a Mitsubishi sports car and said, there goes Challenger. Like, yeah, it was terrible. But by Malay's standards, for a four-cylinder sports car, wasn't that what bad. What was good late 90s to early 2000s in Dodge? Uh, SRT4. Right there. I guess, yeah, they had the Neon all the way through that. Yeah, the, the, neon, the neon RT, the SRT4, you had the Viper. All right, all right. They have always, okay. they've never There's not been made some something product cool. Line. They've, had, yeah, okay. they've had a consistently cool thing happening. That's not just a Mustang. It's like, like, I picture, like, the ghost of Iacocca just, like, roaming the halls of the Skunk Works at Chrysler. <laughs> Every time someone tries to go throw the switch on the cool thing, they get, like, zapped to death with the... the Unlimited power! power! Force lightning? If you yeah, strike me lightning. down, I will become more powerful than ever before, and then the <laughs> Viper. Iacocca just, like, pulls the switch back. <laughs> like it's, okay, we've solved it. That is why Mopar is good. The they, they, like, they can't not make a good it back car. On. Like... The, even the bean counters are like, just don't even touch that part of the company. It's fine. <laughs> like they just can't. Like, so like, mind you, they, I don't. I'm not giving them a pass because they make some real trash. Oh yeah, the journey, the dart, special like, financing. They make some trash, but they just can't afford to make good things because it's too busy also making cool stuff all the time, which is not sustainably made and they're always every 20 years are going into some sort of thank goodness for the 500e offsetting a lot of that stuff yeah but it's like it's like every every like 10 years or every 20 years or so they have like a bankruptcy or something they always are making something cool there's always like they find a way to go all right we have to make this really terrible car put in the biggest sway bar we have like let's let's make it fun to drive Mm -hmm. so don't don't we still have that cosworth headed engine (laughs) for something sticking around i'm like yeah yeah let's put that in there uh, oh, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> I guess we do have a bunch of them left. <laughs> like this actually doesn't suck. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like they're they're totally capable of making cool things all the time. So. I guess that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Even okay. Fair. Yeah. So they they do their best, whereas Ford actively doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Prop, props to cool things. the Chrysler Corporation. I, I guess. think that's that's the thing I learned this week was that Chrysler actually has the capability of consistently making cool cars. I know I learned something this week. Uh, Janet, if you have something off the top of your head, what go first. What did I learn this week? Because last week we didn't learn, we didn't learn anything because it was hmm. Chris Mahanaquanza. Yeah. Chris Mahanaquanza, indeed. What did I learn this week? Um, my guinea pig at work, it, instead of, like, he, the sounds, like, when they make this certain sound, it's supposed to mean, like, I love you and I'm comfortable. Well, he makes it like when he's, like, mad at me and uncomfortable. Yikes. But everybody misinterprets that. So Jana yeah. learned that the I love you squeak 
quote unquote that a guinea pig it makes. If you can, you can look that up and find out what that means. It's like it's it like a chirping sound, but he doesn't. Isn't that like when, when bunnies angry. grind their teeth? That means they're super happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. like that, but he does that when he's angry. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's the noise I would normally associate with anger. So I'm glad it's it's more a it, gut it, reaction. He's, pre- he's pretty just kind of cut and dry on that one. Hmm. Yeah. See, I didn't spend my time with humans this past week. I I spent it with. Yeah, you were, uh, guinea pigs you and were birds like, and locked in offices. Animals well. are better than people, so yeah. that's fine. I, w- I was by myself all week. <laughs> cool. That's how I'd want to spend the new year, yeah. or at least the start of it. Oh, uh, actually, I do have something I learned. Sure, go for it. Um, I learned that millennials, when faced with World War III, will make nothing but great memes. Oh, God. Because that's how we deal with things that are stressful. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much true. Actually. World War Three memes have been pretty. The meme hilarious. game has been pretty good it's lately. It's been pretty on point since since what happened. So I feel like that. we're reversing roles slightly because my what I learned is almost completely pre-war based right now. Perfect. What'd you learn? I learned that you know back in the day, especially with the onset of the mass-produced V8, yeah, when they couldn't cast something. They went to a machine shop and they made it out of billet aluminum. Yes, they did. The machining in the 1920s is amazing. Yeah, I know. It's very cool. I'm really happy that you're learning <clears throat> to appreciate these vehicles. Because there this... are some good facets to them. <laughs> they're pretty cool. I, like, will, I will cover a lot of this next week. They're, but... <laughs> they're really dumb, but they're pretty cool. <laughs> it is completely unsustainable and a horrible idea but literally every vehicle from that era that is interesting had something is a rolling prototype and everything is handmade oh yeah oh yeah everything that's why everybody went out of business thousands of hours into like just an engine oh everybody went out of business all the time for good reason Yeah. yeah no i mean but you can see why these things all still work yeah, they're really, really, really so, cool. Anyway, again, yeah, I will cover really this excited with for... you at great extent next week because <laughs> there's be a lot of fun. things that I want to talk about that I'll were try to very learn innovative. More. You'll try to learn more about yeah. pre-war or just in general? I have just in general. Well, well we've got Curiosity Stream, so we'll just watch Curiosity Stream all yeah, week. you forgot to open my Christmas present. Or watch the, uh, the Summer Nats and then find more Australian culture I things. I sent you Curiosity Stream again, and I forgot to tell you about it, so... A boot? Happy Hanukkah. Happy oh, Hanukkah. Christmas sure Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. That, that's the best gift I could ask for. So. We'll learn stuff for you guys. Yeah, we will learn plenty of things. Sir David Attenborough awaits! Bye. On that note, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>